Welcome to Grimdark Live, your weekly webcast for all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf in the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and as always, I got Chuck and Justin with me. Fellas, what do you hear? What do you say? It's another great day in the land of hobby. Let's go and have some fun. It is, man. It is. It is a hobby day, and we got we got a lot to talk about on tonight's show, man. Chuck, wasabi, bud. Come on, man. What do you got? Just Listen. found my hobby mojo. Oh, Ooh. see, see, last week, last week, that's what you were looking for, man. You know, and 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 old Mo Fugga, he he delivered, huh? Chuck doesn't want to answer. That helped a little bit. Chuck doesn't even want to answer that one, man. Not, not at all. And you know, folks, we uh, we do got we got a pretty good show tonight, man. We're going to be talking about sultry snake chicks, man. And we got uh, we got a great guest. We're going to be introducing here for a second. You guys might have uh, you know seen him before, uh, also on Game of Thrones too. Tormont, he was a stunt double, and uh, so we've got him back on the show with us tonight, man. And uh, and for everyone out there listening and watching us tonight, man, thank you very much for joining us here on tonight's Grimdark Live. And if you like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. Uh, but let me tell you something, folks. On tonight's topic. These daughters of Cain, man, these are not your mom's dark elves, man. Yes, tonight's show uh, here on Grimdark Live, we're going to be talking about them women's that uh, you would uh, hesitate to bring home to your mama. Let me tell you that right now. So that's daughters of Cain. So here it is, gang. Uh, it has been said that, and this is I'm, I'm, this is my good warm-up here before the guest, uh, it's been said that uh, the Daughters of Cain are a mysterious order. They're, they're hated by their enemies and mistood or even feared, let's put it that way, by their allies. And uh, we've often said the exact same thing about our guest here tonight on Grimdark Live. And tonight we have an awesome <laughs> guest joining us on the show to talk on Daughters of Cain, and that's Dustin Hart. Dustin, wasabi, buddy? Thanks for being back on the show. Thanks for having me. I tell you what, man, you are back with us, and we're going to be talking about Daughters of Cain. Now, this is it, Dustin. I mean, uh, all of us in this in this gaming club here know uh, that Daughters of Cain are your primary army and have been for a while now. But for yeah. everyone listening, uh, give us a brief introduction on, on why you love this army and, and why you are really just the, the master of sultry snake women's. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Um, I, I mean, uh, when I played uh, Old Hammer... Um, I, I played Dark Elves and, right. you know, there are Witch Elves in there. But um, I, I used to play Corn, you know, which is, you know, I felt like, oh, it's the, the big, you know, um, in-your-face, you know, melee army. And sure. then Darza King came out, and it's like, oh, um, all right. It's a bunch of Berserker chicks and Nagas with bows and weird elf things. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so... uh I don't know. Like, I, I mean, the aesthetic appealed to me. Um, I, I usually use the snakes because I just think they're interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, that, that's yeah. That's a word for it. I was going to say interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's that's like when people go to strip clubs for the artistic display. <laughs> hey, castle dancing ain't for everybody. All right, so keep going. Sorry about that. Okay, so so they're so they're interesting. Uh, but but no, I like I like their uh, their glass cannons. Um, they 
hit like a truck um and they're fast and they you know they reward tactical playing um you know that um they they could you either win big or sometimes lose big and i it just makes them interesting you they're know not I, um i think i think i think that was, i think that's the interesting that you really wanted to touch on because i think the army itself is uh and we're going to get into this here later in the show there's a lot of improvements that have been happening to this army and mm-hmm. one of the things and i you know it's funny when you say they're glass cannons cuz i think a lot before with their with their hagnar save and the again and again and we can talk about all that later here on the show um to me they 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 offered a lot more than that but i could see where in parts with the you know uh, that they were but uh you'd know a heck of a lot better than us and you're going to educate us all tonight on on daughters of cain and folks as a side note uh, we're going to leave a little link to the last time Dustin was on the show to, to you know, and you want to check that one out because we were talking about Daughters of Cain at that time. And I think if you go back and listen to that show from, uh, I think it was November 5th or something like that, wasn't yeah. it, Dustin? Yeah, because, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the Marathi Broken Realms book came out. That's right. Um, yeah. They got a little bit of an update then. So Yeah, and, and I think it's kind of interesting that uh, we're going to be talking tonight on a lot of the things that we kind of had a premonition about back then in November. I think that's kind of cool that we're going to be discussing some of that because um, it, not, not to say that GW is listening because of they did boy did they really learn a lot of new vocabulary words and dirty jokes <laughs> but um i think i think it's interesting that they did pick up on some of the things we talked about but anyway folks i'll leave that link at the in, in the bottom of the show uh for anybody that wants to go back and listen to that one but dustin here we go so uh, with the backstory of slanesh the new battle tome and the storyline coming out uh you know in of broken realms that you just mentioned uh, broken realms marathi uh we're, we're gonna have to do uh, a lot of, you know, kind of uh, backing up and, and you know, kind of present day where the Army's at. We have a lot to unpack here on tonight's show, to be honest with you. But, mm-hmm. Dustin, uh, as, as, as a warm-up question, um, and I'm kind of setting you up here a little bit here, buddy, but do, do you feel that this battle tome was released too soon? Oh, there I did. I asked the question. No. Okay. Um, I think it was the, uh, the right time. Um, okay. Because uh, e- e- even though GW said that you know, uh, the Dars of Cain Battle Tome was designed with AOS 2.0 in mind. Mm-hmm. Its its age was very felt. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it still had within abilities instead of wholly within, which is the standard now. Um, this Battle Tome has updated it, and it was a it was more like there weren't like tons of radical changes. It was mm-hmm. mainly kind of cleaning up the rules. Um, adding some tweaks, um, and the the army's in a better place now. Uh, right. It you know it's something I'll touch on later in more depth, but there's a lot more options. Yeah, I I love that you just said that. And I was talking with uh, with, with with one of the guys in our gaming group, the, the Iron Jawed Rat Bastard himself, and I know he's listening right now. Uh, and it's amazing that that he could he actually carry his his laptop to watch a show into the bathroom with him. So that's kind of interesting that he does that. But um, I know that he's out there listening right now, but I was talking with him and he was saying that, uh, and he and I were talking that it feels like the army is playing more like elves now. And I, yeah. I thought that that was mm-hmm. uh, that that was kind of interesting, but um, but you know it's funny releasing new 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 codexes and battle tomes is is a tough call. You know it's always tough. I mean we, we spoke on this on our on our last Slanesh review a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. um, I kind of asked Chuck uh, the, the same kind of question here, and, and there, there there never really seems to be a, a great time to release it, and and uh, I know I think I think it it won't make. Uh, I, I don't think there's a there's a good time to release a book that won't make some people kind of upset. Maybe they're just getting their oh, their, their feeling of the army and and uh, either you release it too early and, and players are upset that they, they they bought the last book and haven't even opened it yet, or you know you take too long and people wonder what what took you so long. So 
Mm-hmm. I think that was why I wanted to ask that question to kind of warm up here a little bit. And hey, everybody, Justin is back. Uh, you know, Excellent. he had to he had to jump off the uh, uh, the video stream there for a little bit. And you started a new diet. You know, sometimes you just got to get close to the bathroom. So we're we're, we're glad he made it. I think the hamster died spinning the computer up. So yeah, well that that <laughs> happens too, man. Technology. So Chuck, what do you think, man? It. You ready to uh, to get all over this topic tonight, bud? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's, you do have a good point when you resonate. You know, if we have codexes released within a year of each other, it does feel too quick. Yeah. But yeah. then we get into somewhat of a tangent where it'll be four years bef- before we see a book released. But having the daughters come out of the woodwork like this, mm-hmm. we can at least get a general rules cleanup. I think it tidies up what we have problems with and yeah. uh, gives them more from the toolbox to draw from. You know what? I like the way you put 100%. that, Chuck. I like the way you put that as far as the toolbox because we're going to be getting into that. And you know, it's funny that you brought up the age limit on these books. You know, Chuck, you remember back in the day with Rank and Flank, you know, with Warhammer Fantasy Battles. I mean, heck, yeah. I, I'm surprised that I'm still not playing out of my Beast of Chaos Codex from 7th edition. I mean, that thing, I mean, we had books that lasted <laughs> eight, nine years at a time. I mean, remember, remember those days? Yes, we will get to the Beast Claw book here in a little bit, so don't you worry. I, I hope so. I hope so. But, all right, well, good stuff, man. Well, Dustin, looking forward to our conversation here later on Grimdark Live, and, and thanks again for being with us, bud. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yep. So, gang, here it is, man. Talk to me. So so here's the new saying, man. Ready for this one? Are you staying true or sniffing glue? What's on the hobby table tonight, man? What do we got? Chuck, Justin, let's hear it. What are we working on? Actually, Chuck, you, I think you got something pretty cool to talk about. I saw yeah, so um, I, I had lost my hobby mojo about a week ago, maybe for like the past three weeks. I just hadn't painted anything up really. And so I converted um, a, a Jacob Bugmanson miniature with, uh, instead of him holding up the mug, uh, I ended up putting a giant Mega Gargant uh, head in his hand. And this is kind of a it looks awesome. picture of him right here. Yeah, I got some uh, a little bit of paint on him right now, and we're just putting that up there it's on my twitter feed it's got a bunch of people making comments make a comment if you like it um odt gaming go check it out it's cool and then the secondary one was the limited edition stormcast model and i put uh one of those titan heads you know as a, a trophy oh yeah in his hand i don't know if oh, you yeah. see it that good but kind of rotate it there you know uh <laughs> Chuck, your your stuff is so cool, man. I mean, what he did with the with the Giants, uh, the Gargans here a couple of weeks ago, and and you know, Chuck, do me a favor, leave, leave your Twitter, uh, um, you know, link and the show notes below so people can check out uh, sure. what you got there. Because, folks, I'm telling you right now, it's 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 sweet, man. It, 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 Chuck, hats off to you, man. If I was wearing a hat, I definitely tip it tip it to you. But but Justin, what about you, man? Are you staying true? Are you sniffing glue, man? What what do you got on the? Oh, I'm, the sta- uh, I'm staying true. I've got my uh, 90 days of dwarf still go still cranking very fast, very hard. That's a short project, uh, right? Yeah, kind of. Come on, it's so um, cur- currently only have about five items left for the Keratin Overlords, and every model I have there is done. And then uh, going into the build on the regular dwarves. And as I can kind of show off here, this is a plate full of 50 dwarven bodies, which are going to be long beards. Nice. So I got a bunch of dwarves going. And behind me is the uh, trained parts and stuff that I'm collecting for some tables for Armed Forces Day. Sweet. Well, you know, we got a big announcement on Armed Forces Day 4 coming up here later on uh, in the news. So, folks, you're going to want to stick around for that one. Good stuff. But, uh, but Dustin, our guest, man, I'm going to throw it out to you. So, you you staying true or sniffing glue, man? What do you got on the hobby table? Uh, well, um, I actually built my first Kenneri ever because uh, I 
never had a use to use them. And uh, in the new book, there are a lot of reasons to use them. So, yeah, uh, and, and I'm sure you're going to be telling us about that later on, right? Yes, sir. Nice, nice. Very cool, very cool. And, and as for me, uh, I'm I'm really into glue these days. I'm sniffing the hell out of it. Uh, I, I really need to... Uh, <laughs> I, I've got no excuse. I'm I'm a I'm a worthless glue sniffing bastard. Uh, no, I um, you know what? Honestly, my, all my hobby time has really been kind of been taken up with uh, uh, with life, adulting, and really forgetting or for, forgetting everything set up with Armed Forces Day, which um, the tournament itself has really turned a corner. I can't, can't wait to tell everybody. We got a lot of good stuff, but uh, but yeah. So here we are, folks. We're at the time and the point of the show where I'm going to give you guys a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, Chuck didn't want me to do this. You know, he was he was very guarded about this this piece here, but I I, I had to convince him, and, and yes. it's still okay that I do this, right, Chuck? Yes. It, well, I, I mean, with hesitancy, I I begrudgingly say yes. All right, and, and begrudgingly, only pe- only people that uses those kind of words. All right, so here it is. So here here's here's what it is, guys. I mean, don't don't answer the question now, but here's a question of the day that we're going to be reasking here later on in the show, uh, and keep your answers to yourself, and then we're going to see if you guys get the right answer at the end of the show. But here it is, man. Will Age of Sigmar 3.0, when it releases this summer, which two armies will be the featured pair in the boxed set? So here it is. With the Age of Sigmar 3.0 release coming this summer, and we know it is, which two armies will be the featured pair in the new box set? Because you know we're getting a box set. That seems to kind of be the shtick lately with GW, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, we know that we're going to be. Uh, yeah, we're going to be getting that. So, uh, what do you think, guys? Anything else before uh, b- before we get to the news? All right, no, I think we should move on. We are moving on, guys. We got the news coming up. Stick around. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios are the real terrain nerds you all need to be getting your terrain from. Get your commercial laser-cut MDF bases, silicone molds for resin prints, game and hobby accessories like 15 to 28 millimeter terrain, 15 to 28 millimeter figures, and 15 to 28 millimeter vehicles, and a lot more. Get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's sixsquaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios. Hey gang, today's news is brought to you by Six Squared Studios. Yep, an awesome company for all your gaming and hobby needs. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again, Six Squared Studios. So get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's six-squaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios, where tabletop terrain is made by gamers for gamers. Just like their saying goes, gaming accessories made by gamers for gamers. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Tabletop terrain by expert nerds for exceptional nerds. All right, gang, we have got the news, and we uh, we got a lot in the news, as a matter of fact, we're going to be talking about here. So I think we're going to go ahead and get started with... Uh, with our little traditional piece here, man, and that is the Rumor Engine. Now, this one's kind of funny, man. I mean, this looks like a little uh, doctor's kit here, but but I'm not sure, uh, you know, if it is or not. I mean, it, it looked like uh, maybe an apothecary symbol in 40K, but uh, uh, the instruments, they do look a little crude, so maybe it is a little, uh, you know, fantasy-based, uh, maybe a Necromunda doctor. What do you guys think, man? What are, what are we looking at here? Help me out. I it's... think it's... 
Yeah, but, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead, uh, I think it's uh, either, yeah, something for Necromunda or something for um, uh, Blackstone Fortress. Okay. Because, or, or actually, or Imperial Guard even, or I'm sorry, Astra Militarum. Um, okay. But because it, it's not, it's not Space Marine because a Space Marine wouldn't carry around a bag of instruments. It's definitely a human of some kind, Imperial human. Okay. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right, Justin. Since you since you almost you know interrupted our guest. Wow, sorry. <laughs> Go um, ahead, man. What, the what do you think? On the, the symbol on the side of the bag is the Imperial Guard Medical Corps. So that's oh. that's in the lore. That's in the history. It's actually the Medical Corps for the Imperial Guard. So that is an Imp Guard bag. I'm wondering if that's going to be another special character, kind of like the Katachan um, leader with the power fist that came out. Mm-hmm. And a couple of the other ones, so we may see some kind of special healer for the for the imp wow. guard coming. All right, I love it. All right, that's a good idea, Chuck. What do you think, man? Is he is he right? Uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna go on the tangent of some type of medic. I, you know, I'm not sure if it's gonna be a certain imperial chapter or whatever. But if you look inside of the wings, the uh, curved neck of that symbol that kind of okay. looks like a nine, like a goose. That's probably a, a wow. or a goose. It's probably indicative of the snake that is on mm-hmm. the universal nursing patch or symbol that you can get um, if you're like a registered nurse. In addition to that, those are definitely uh, scissors and a syringe inside the bag. I work with those every day, so I can just name <laughs> those off right off the bat. There you go. Right. All right. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because um, I'm forgetting the term now in 40K, and if I if I mess this up, uh, somebody uh, somebody yell at Justin. Uh, but isn't the insignia of this is is it, it's it's an apothecarium of Astartes, isn't it? Did I pronounce that right or something like that? I think it is, or something like that. It, it, when I when I first looked at it, I back in my my when I was sticking my toe in the water in 40k, or or it also could be used for maybe medics of, of other type of branches of the Imperial military. Like I think I think Dustin was saying. I mean, uh, the bag it looks like um, maybe something you know for 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 you know Space Marines. Maybe I don't know. Um, I mean, maybe if call. I mean, there you go. Back to my uh, my my uh, uh, my my admec days or something like that. If call is involved uh, in this design, uh, there could be at least maybe uh, so maybe some some something that he's doing. I, I don't know, but it's kind of interesting. It was it, it's kind of neat to kind of see the first what I would like to think maybe the first 40k rumor piece uh, in, in a, a long while. time. Yeah, 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 because there just hasn't been. Uh, they just they just haven't they just haven't been around so so yeah it's kind of interesting I mean kind of a kind of a neat little change but I'll tell you what we got coming up in the news here's the next part of it man we got the uh, we got the Studley guy back man we got Bellacore of the Broken Realms yeah. that was something that broke I mean Broken Realms Bellacore man uh, I really think this Broken Realms is turning into something that I think we all need to be severely paying attention to I mean awesome news from from the Mortal Realms and I hope the story is as good as Marathi and he becomes a major power also I think this guy deserves oh, yeah. it I mean gang opinions mm-hmm. get, starting with our guest I mean, man Dustin what do you think man uh <laughs> bellicor i mean first of all he needed a new model because well, i mean his his old model was oh, yeah. very very good he was actually i still have the metal one um he was my favorite demon prince model um mainly because he didn't look silly he looked menacing um i didn't have a problem yeah, with I, the mean, old, I didn't have a problem with the old model if you want to know the truth yeah i, I, I thought I, it was a great model yeah, uh, it definitely needs to be updated to, you know, scale wise. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, him getting a brand new model is going to be awesome. But I think it's interesting because it, you haven't heard much about Bellacor. It's oh, OK. He you know did some stuff with Archaon. That's it. And 
but he's supposed to be like this master manipulator schemer person working from the shadows like right that would be really interesting to talk about and you know pushing the storyline forward sure um so yeah i i think that'll be really awesome really I, really awesome I, I i agree chuck what do you think man you know i think it's interesting look at who's around him the corn blood letters and your oh. zinch horrors love it yeah. Do you think that's indicative of anything? I mean, does is you think he's going to represent like a separate uh, tome that combines the two? Oh, uh, who knows? It, you know, I really love Bellacor though. He yeah, is, I, he's I a too. good character. I, yeah, I will probably just buy it and convert it. <laughs> <laughs> like you always. I don't do, even man. know if I'll play the model. Like you always do, dude. You, folks, again, you got to check out check out some of Chuck's uh, uh, conversions, man. Good stuff. But Justin. What are your thoughts, man? Bellacor, the stud, he's back. Well, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's in a, been a better way. It fits into the theme of where we're going with a lot of the armies that are kind of the shadow and pain and the deceit and the hiding. Uh, he is, like you said, master manipulator and definitely needed a model update because the, the old model was like the size of a current space marine. <laughs> um, yeah. But, I mean, I'm excited to see what he's going to do being that he's an unmarked demon he doesn't follow one allegiance so he's completely undivided so where he goes he could go anywhere and if he in like chuck said if you've got zines running around you got corn running around and he's manipulating them while also playing against slanesh and everything else because he's actually kind of mad right now at sigvald Mm -hmm. according to the storyline so slanesh might not be happy with him well I'm just happy to see it. I mean, you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, I, I was kind of thinking about this while you guys were talking. Uh, it, it's kind of funny because e- even even if even if the chaos gods were supposed to be you know fighting each other, uh, it, it doesn't feel like this right now in Age of Sigmar to me. Mm-hmm. I know that back in the older lore, Warhammer Fantasy Battles and all that kind of stuff, um, it, it that was kind of the the underlining tone in, in all the meta stories. And and again, as I said, mm-hmm. it doesn't really seem like that's happening right now in Age of Sigmar. Um, you know, but but they all do obey Archaon, which is kind of interesting. And, and in a sense, it's weird that Chaos is more organized and loyal than, but, than any order faction. That, yeah. that is always what kind of cracks yeah. me up. But, gang, here's my prediction. And I kind of listened to everything Dustin said and Chuck and Justin. And here's my predictions. You know, I, I have a big hope for, for a Bellacore faction. I yeah. would love to see it. And, and Chuck, you almost were there when you said that. I was like, oh, I'm going to say that. But I really think and I would love to see a Bellacore surrounded type faction. Um, I, I mean, uh, I mean, here's the thing. What we do know is that he's getting a new miniature. So mm-hmm. and, and hopefully it is bigger than a space marine. So uh, I would love to see that happen. Absolutely. So I'm excited. I, I thought you know, this was yeah. a big news. I, I'm thinking about it. If he comes back in that in that way or that manner, they could introduce like a new demon prince kit, uh, yeah. and and throw him into yeah. an undivided book on his own, like mm-hmm. you're saying. That's um, what they with... need. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I meant a new demon kit, a new demon model. Absolutely. But speaking of new, and, and remember, Chuck, you remember this uh, a couple of shows ago? We were using the word new, new. Remember yeah, that one? The new new. The new new. The, the new yeah. new book. Well, well, I'm gonna have to go back now. I think we now we've got something called a new 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 book. And and you know here you know I, I I'm a little I'm a little like this one I'm gonna ask as far as a new 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 book. I mean, 
Uh, already, another Lumineth Battle Tome? Really? Yes. Uh, I guess here we go, folks. I mean, it appears that the new Lumineth Battle Tome is in route. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to kind of do my little soapbox, you know, uh, complaining here a little bit. I mean, it seems to me that, that we just got done scratching our heads about the Slanesh new book that seemed fast, but I mean, this is crazy fast. And I think the Lumineth, uh, sure. All right. You know, uh, you know, they, they, they uh, they've, they have a, a wave of new models. I get it. We saw all that come out in the releases and everything, but my question and, and thought is this, if you already have the the old book, you know, the old book, not the new, 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 new book that's about to come out, but the old book. And all the new War Scrolls are going to be in the upcoming Broken Realms Techless book, which I suspect will be out in the run-up to this new Battle Tome. Uh, wow. It, it, it seems about as disorganized as, as a bricklayer in Beirut. So I'm, I'm a little concerned here of why we are, you know, anyone, help me out here, man. We got this new so Battle what, Tome Hold on, let, let, let's go back and just... When did the original Lumineth Realm Lords book get released? Uh, the the original I mean, okay, okay I'm going to walk you back here. The the, the Lumineth Realm okay. Lords were released back in the summer of 2020, after mm-hmm. what oh. really seemed to be like an eternity of waiting. Uh, re- I remember they were initially previewed back in January of 2020. Now uh, a, a new a new 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 book. Okay, here we go. Yeah, right. We we got the we got the special edition box release, which came with the limited book. And then mm-hmm. a month later, the actual Lumineth Realm Lord book hit for everybody who didn't want to buy a special edition. And then okay. now we're what seven months, eight months, and we have a new book coming. No, again? no, Dustin, it's a new, 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 new book. Well, the the, the new, 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 new book. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I just it's like it's like really. I mean, <sighs> I get it. Whatever. You know, I mean, but but. Mm, it just seems like either either somebody dropped the ball or they're nickel and diming the gaming community on this one. I mean, I hope not out of line by saying that. I mean, Dustin, what do you think, man? Well, it's entirely possible, considering how much 2020 screwed up everyone's schedules for everything, it's possible that maybe there was going to be a bigger length of time between the release and they're like, hey, we need to speed this up because of, you know, just delays. It, it does seem weird that you're releasing you know like uh you know the realm lords 2.0 after they've only been out for you know six months which is a little odd but right yeah i mean chuck you got you got wisdom for days man on this kind of stuff you know you know talk me off the ledge here man you know what do you think no and i i think i mean from that standpoint um if their release schedule was on schedule Mm -hmm. Um, in queue for whatever it would needed to be released for, right? You wouldn't really need to have a Realm Lords book re-re-released within a seven-month period. Like, why do we need all of that? I mean, it's almost—I I, kind of think it's either a money grab or. But I wouldn't. I mean, Games Workshop's a company, but they're not stupid. They're not trying to piss people off. They probably just had something already in production mm-hmm. and before god forbid age of sigmar 3.0 drops in the summer they're like we got to drop this now next month we do this six weeks after that we do that because 3.0 is going to drop and if we don't then we're not going to have a viable book with sure. uh the third edition yeah okay now, yeah. i think that has something to do with it yeah yeah i, I do i just i thought it was kind of funny that um 
that uh, that that we are already looking at a brand new book. When I kind of saw this roll through, I think I think I saw it roll through on like uh, Sunday or something like that. I was like, "You got to be mm-hmm. kidding me! This is yeah. ridiculous." But um, but something that did break that I wanted to to kind of talk about here on the news to kind of keep the wheels rolling is uh, is is this little tidbit here. This Kritza uh, uh, the Rat Prince, man. Now this one I thought was was, mm-hmm. was pretty interesting to me because. Yeah. <laughs> Crits of the Rat cool. Prince. Now, I, I know Super that our, cool. our iron-jawed rat bastard out there, you know, he's he's probably doing a backflip in his chair right now. But, I mean, this this well-dressed yeah, fellow yeah. hails from, I think if I read this right, he hails from uh, uh, Virgos dynasty of the Soulblight vampires, which, mm-hmm. um, in a nutshell, I guess here it is. He's a, he's a former noble from the, um, yeah. uh, I, I believe it is the, oh, oh I got it written down here. I think it's pronounced uh, Olfenkarn. I, I don't know if Olfenkarn, I pronounced that right. Yeah. Uh, but um, these guys, I guess, conspired against uh, um, Radiker, whoever that is. I just remember reading a little bit about this. And uh, I guess um, what had happened was he was in a fight, in a duel, and he was pretty wounded, and he was left in a left to die in a corpse cart. I guess the backstory on this guy. Uh, then he, he went to feed on the near rats and, and discovered that he had been granted uh, the blood kiss by um, uh, Radiker. So hence why he's got all the, the rats draped all over himself and all the tails, you know, under his cape and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, this is a cool model. Guys, what do you think? Super cool. Super cool. Um, the, the rumor is that he can turn into, you know, a swarm of rats. Yeah. I read that is awesome. But this, this model, it's, uh, it's almost good that they haven't come out with new vampires until now because their modeling has advanced so far Mm -hmm. where you have an amazing model like this. I mean, that it's, I mean, you look at this model and it's just like, I want to know what the heck this guy's story is because it's so visually interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, when I, and you know, it's funny. When I first saw it, I mean, the first thing that hit me was I was happy to see the kind of aristocratic, kind of snobby, mm-hmm. kind of vampire thing come back again. Um, I, I just, I, I, I loved it. I mean, Chuck, Justin, what do you guys think? I, I love his stance, just the poise mm-hmm. that the guy has. Yeah. Not just the fact that he has this great sword in his hands. I love that too. Um, but the way he has like one foot in front of the other, just meandering, doesn't care, kind of observing. Um, and then I swear, those rats are so big, they look like possums, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> they? They do. I mean, they're like yeah. the size of a wolf or a dog. Yeah. It's awesome. I, I, I can't look at this model without saying Aristorat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, he's noble and great. And the model looks really good. And um, I'm hoping to God that he is actually part of the, the, the faction book that comes out for the vampires and maybe even a, one of the, like you said, a dynasty. Cause it sounds like if they're doing dynasties like blood Knights and things like that, mm-hmm. they may have separate factions. And if he is going in that route where he can turn into rats or can summon beasts of right. some type. I'm almost wondering if that's where the skinwalkers are going to end up. Like, yeah, like werewolves, were rats, you know, things of that, army. you know, big giant were dogs running around something. And that particular faction with him at the helm is controlling just monstrous beasts all over the place as their troops yeah. boy i can tell you right now werewolves are my all-time favorite movie monster and and if they come out with uh with a werewolf army i'm in like flynn man i'm in absolutely yeah absolutely i hey, mean that's dire wolves could fit into that they oh could. Yeah. yeah 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 i mean 
that's that's what I was saying. Is if this guy's commanding beasts and his arm, the army yep. is built around dire wolves or dire rats or anything of that caliber, where you got large monstrous creatures coming across for a th- with three point rules, which make mo- are, are rumored to make monsters good, then hey, there we go. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, very that, that'd cool. be that'd be that'd be scary to just see tons and tons of dogs coming at you i would i would play that army in a heartbeat man i i I, and honestly it's not that i don't have anything against uh vampires i love playing against them but they're not really my 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 shtick i I wouldn't really play the army but i'll tell you what werewolves in done oh yeah yeah so i mean yeah go ahead i'm looking at i'm looking at blood knights too but you know an army of of dire wolves being with you know werewolves going behind them and Mm -hmm. just just massive beast army just oh my god Good yeah. stuff. Well, here it is, man. We are coming to the end of the news, but I wanted to share with everybody here the news on Armed Forces Day 4 uh, that is happening this June 5th and 6th. Um, big news here, gang. And uh, we've decided that we're going to be expanding the tournament. Uh, we have actually uh, located a VFW, a Veteran of Foreign Wars facility that we are going to be hosting uh, the tournament at uh, because we want to expand. And uh, GameStorm is a awesome, awesome store, but uh, they just... Uh, uh, we, we need it to be bigger because we want the donations to be greater. Um, GameStorm is definitely our home store. That's our where our war meets and everything are. But we needed to uh, think about what we want to do for the USO and the Montford Point Marines. So we've um, we've expanded it. Now you say to yourself, okay, great. You know, that's a lot of uh, Age of Sigmar players, a lot of fantasy players. But you know what else? That's 40K. We have, uh, we've expanded it to now include... 40k at the tournament and uh, we are extremely excited uh, to um, be having Gary Frank he'll be uh, the TO he'll be running that and I think um, uh, once you um, understand what it is we're doing this is a hundred percent charity tournament and uh, 100% of the proceeds goes towards um, uh, you know uh, prize support and goes towards the USO and then we have an in-tournament uh, raffle re-roll uh, that supports the Monford Point Marines and, and more to more to come on that uh, through this week once we solidify the final details but uh, we have expanded it looks like the tournament is going to be up to 70 people at this point it looks like we're going to be expanding it beyond that uh, possibly to um, get as much as uh, hopefully 150 people if we can get to that level but awesome. at this point right now yes yeah and uh, we are really excited uh, that we've kind of turned a corner. I mean, the, when this tournament uh, started out um, three years ago, it was uh, it was it was really kind of a uh, just an idea. Uh, it started out as a, a bunch of guys just wanted to get together and have some fun and do something good. And I think it's kind of gotten more to be a uh, a, a passion. And we've we've got some uh, great vendors that have supported us. And um, I just think this was a natural flow to not only bring in uh, a bigger venue, to bring in more people, but also to invite 40K. So, folks, um, stay with us. Uh, We're going to be giving more information on the tournament and what's happening with the tournament over the next week. We'll be updating the Armed Forces Day page, and we're also going to be updating the information on the Grimdark Live website that can be found at www.grimdarklive.com. Com. So uh, big stuff in store. And we're not stopping there. You know, we've got a lot of plans already for Armed Forces Day 5 and, and, and moving on down the line. But right now we've got Armed Forces Day 4. That's going to be June 5th and 6th. And that's going to now include and, and hopefully be forever part of it, 40K. So there it is. Gang, what do you think, man? You ready? We're ready, yeah. man. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, I'm I'm really excited about this because, um, it you know, it it's something that uh, that 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 definitely means a lot to me. So, 
I know that um, uh, it's uh, it's there it is. So that's news, man. Anything else to, to talk about before we roll? Uh, I think we can move to our main topic at this point. We are doing yeah. it, man. We're going to be talking about Daughters of Cain. Here we go. Public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. Now, back to the show. Daughters of Cain. Here it is, man. We are ready to uh, to dig into this army and, and, and get rolling. And um, So, folks, here it is. I mean, presently in the storyline um, in the game, we've got Marathi Cain, I guess the best way to put it. And, Dustin, we're, we're going to get you involved here in a second here, buddy. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess um, has made her move against the god king Sigmar and has snatched the city of Anvilgard out of Sigmar's hands. That, that's the that's the mm-hmm. basis of where we're at with mm-hmm. the storyline as, as we sit right now. And uh, she has really achieved her ultimate goal of godhood, I guess the best way to put that, uh, through... Mm-hmm. Basically, what she's always been doing since uh, since prior to the end times. I mean, a lot of cunning, a lot of sacrifice, and um, you know, commanding her followers through you know fear and worship, threats and worship of Cain, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, she's really kind of been uh, uh, been Marathi. You know, her, her personality, uh, snake or not, has always kind of been a reptile. You know, she's always kind of been that way. And <laughs> and you know, Dustin, the daughters of Cain are are a force that requires um, a lot of skill. And and you're about the best person that we know to talk on the daughters of Cain. Uh, as this has been probably your army now, literally since their release back in February of 2018, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I used to play uh, primarily corn, uh, you know, cast warriors and whatnot, and then Dars King came out, and it's like, all right, this is my army here. So, yeah. yeah. So looking back at the army now, like say three years old, how's yeah. it holding up in your opinion? Um, <clears throat> the. Uh, again, this this battle tome update was needed. Um, you know, I, I felt like when you did see Daughters of Cain, which they're, they're not they're not the most popular army. No. Um, th- you do see them in tournaments, but they're not you know um, overwhelmingly popular. I would guess. Uh, I would say. Um, okay. They they needed a bit of a boost. Um, you know, and they they went in the right direction with uh, adding the temple they added in. Um, uh, Broken Realms Marathi, along with updating Marathi to right. represent her, uh, you know, godhood. 
Um, but yeah, like they they didn't need much. They they didn't need much. Yeah, and, I like how you put that because. To me, Dustin, I think the the strength of this army has, has really held true over the years. You know, I'm, I'm happy to mm-hmm. see the update and the new battle tome hasn't impacted their strengths negatively, which I was kind of afraid of, you know. But after reading through the, the, my own personal copy of the battle tome, uh, I, I like how, in a way, as we said kind of in the beginning of the show, they're playing a lot more like elves. But I think it's made them better in, in many very innate ways that may not be mm-hmm. noticeable to the, to the you know, non-player naked eye right away. I mean, do you feel the same way? Yeah, um, <clears throat> they're, I mean, they, they, you know, do one thing and then do it well. They, they unleash just a ton of attacks and get in your face and murder you. That's what they do. But um, yeah, like like just the sheer amount of options for list building now, um, because they're they made some units um, more attractive than you know they were previously or more useful, um, but also they had a lot of points decreases as well. Okay, so you can fit, yeah. fit more things in your army. You know, potentially units I wouldn't have used because they were too expensive to fit into you know 2K. Sure, sure. So, so with the changes they brought on uh, to the the faction houses, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? I mean, it's I know I know they made it so that you're not locked into one particular choice anymore. So, what is your opinion of that? Um, the, with the temples, I, I mean, we uh, we all knew that was going to come because, um, I mean, first of all, just updating abilities to be wholly within instead of within. Um, we knew that was coming, but also um, this book was so old, um, you didn't, you weren't actually required to take an artifact. Um, like uh, previously, you could you would get your command ability and your general trait, but you could still kind of choose whatever artifact you wanted depending right. on the temple. Now they've brought that in line with everything else, where you mm-hmm. have your command ability, general trait. Um, army trait artifact you have to take um and you know like there aren't any obvious losers in my opinion yeah um now the only downside is there are a couple temples uh drakey ganeth and the kraith i probably won't ever use because i don't use sisters of slaughter or witches right hardly Mm -hmm. where if you use sisters of slaughter or witches there are two temples that are almost entirely catered to that play style which is very cool. Um, so that's the good and the bad, which isn't that bad. Um, it's just you, you, the keywords are more specific to certain temples, so they complement certain play, play styles, which actually is good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's the Zane Tharkai that came out in uh, Marathi, um, Broken Realms Marathi, that caters specifically to Malusai and Kinnerai because those are the keywords the command abilities work on. So you're going to build your army that way, which is okay because it fits the the flavor of of the temple. And let me let me stop you right there if I can, uh, because there's a couple of things I want to kind of throw. I, I kind of want to kind of I kind of want to back up a little bit and kind of package the army up and kind of the essence of what it is, because I think we're going to get into the temples, we're going to get into the battalions mm-hmm. and the yeah. units here in a little bit. But one of the things that I think is that we've talked about many times on the show, we've talked about it even with the last two armies that we talked about here on Grimdark Live, which is um, uh, Nighthaunt and Slanesh, and that's speed. You know, we, we've said it before, speed yeah. kills, and, and this army is fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Very and fast. It's, it's great at casting, and, and their centerpiece, Marathi, is no slouch in melee. So 
no. There's really a lot to build on here, which I think is what you were what you were getting at a moment ago. Yes. Um, you know, how are your games with the new Battle Tome and, and thoughts on the army uh, at, at this point? I mean, I know you mentioned you're not going to be playing, you know, uh, basically witches very much. I know you play almost all snakes, but I mean, overall, are you, mm-hmm. are you, are you satisfied with the, I think you've gotten in what, like a half a dozen games with the new Battle Tome? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close to that. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very satisfied with the, the rules updates. Like um, I can use the models that I always like to use um with some extra stuff added um i mean sure th- some you know abilities have changed but honestly i think it's for the better which we'll we'll touch on that in a little bit but sure um i it, it's in a good place right now um they they clarified a lot of things they again put a lot of abilities in with wholly within as it as it should be which that in itself was a bit of a challenge to get used to but now i like it a lot better because a lot of the ranges are now farther away, even though they're wholly within instead of just within. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chuck, you, you think you think the snakes have been improved? You know, prior to what they were, I don't feel like a lot of cane players or daughters of cane players utilize them. I think armies were more focused around the bloodwreck shrines um, and you know the witch elves that you can take, uh, and I think that you know people mostly use it as a you know a two or three uh, large blocks of 30 models uh, buffed by the shrines. Mm-hmm. That's what I primarily saw in the last two years, mm-hmm. but that may just be what cater to those players' play styles. We might see like a whole new evolution of armies and snakes coming out with Marathi, you know, as the centerpiece model. I, it, it's going to be, you know, a mixed bag, but I, I believe that the snakes are going to be on the better end of this, especially with like their turn by turn buffs that they get, because I think they're going to fall into j- just from like my abbreviated time listening and reading online, uh, more of a play style like Ideneth Deepkin, where they get certain buffs during certain phases. Yeah. So I think it, it's going to be like a streamlined sort of play where the players are going to get acclimated to that. And then we're going to see people or players um, really specialize their play style to those buffs that they get. I like the way you put that, Chuck. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dustin, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, uh, the the comparison with Adnith Deepkin, yeah, like Adnith Deepkin, you have the tides and there are certain turns that, yes. you know, you can do certain things. Um, Dars of Cain you have s- small but powerful cumulative abilities. So each turn you get a reroll of one. So first turn it's runs, then ch- uh, then charges, mm-hmm. then hits, wounds, and saves. Right. Um, and th- those are all cumulative. So if you a- actually manage to make it to turn five, um, usually any models left, but you can reroll ones for almost everything and your immune battle shock okay. by turn five so let's let's kind of let's kind of keep the thought process on on the army as far as where it's staging right now and i mean and i kind of want to do that by taking a, a step a bit back again to the just before times really before the release of the battle tome uh to the broken realms release and, and i guess i'm listening to what what especially what chuck said and, and what dustin said earlier and i, I guess because i played against the daughters of cain quite a bit um, 
to my to my recollection, I mean, there was a period where they were just stupidly good. I mean, towards the end of Age of Sigmar 1.0, early 2.0. Yeah. I mean, due to getting you know one of the last books on the way out the uh, out the door of, of of Age of Sigmar 2.0, I think that the army really stood uh, on the pinnacle. I mean, we talked about it here on the show before. I mean, they were always showing as like you know top three, you know, top two yep. of most major mm-hmm. DTs. And I think with with the release of Broken Realms Marathi, uh, this brought some major shifts to the Daughters of Cain. I remember thinking um, with, with that release, um, what do these changes entail? Will, will it radically reshape the Daughters of Cain as far as list building? Uh, because uh, there was no mention of the Battle Tome uh, that, that, that Daughters of Cain now has at that time when we, when we got that. So, um, so what are your thoughts at this time, just prior to the army's book release? I mean, we're, we're, we're sitting on the book. I mean, are, are you thinking that the book is, uh, bringing up a, a brand new type of an army? Will this change the way you've been playing the army? Um, yeah, yes and no. Um, it's, uh, you, with a new battle tome, you have to adapt or die. Um, so I have definitely been changing how I've been using the units um, because, uh, you know, I, I can't just, I mean, uh, you know, I, I can't necessarily do the Hagnar thing where it's like, well, let me just, uh, you know, put all my units uh, within, you know, the seven inch bubble and stretch them out and just, you know, march across the board. Well, I mean, you could do that, but sure. Um, it's not going to be as effective. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely some, you know, relearning of things. Um, because, uh, not, not every war scroll changed, but a good amount of them. Um, so, you, you know, I can do some of the same things I used to, but there are other, you know, tactics that, um, I previously could do and, you know, they may not necessarily work anymore. So, okay. Do you think with the way they redid the engineering of the book that they got rid of the spammability of the units? Um, I mean, the problem with Dars of Cain is all of your units are battle line for, for, for the most part. Um, they're, That's uh, a great point. <laughs> and, um, I mean, your main units are witch elves, sisters of slaughter, mm-hmm. uh, uh, blood sisters, and now uh, blood stalkers, the ranged ones. They're all battle lines, so you're always going to be taking those four units. Um, so it, it has always kind of been a spammy army, I guess. Um, but I, I feel like there's more reasons to take um, other units like Kinnerai and uh, Doomfire Warlocks and things okay. like that. Um, so bringing in more of the mixed bag yeah. than keeping yeah. it just all one. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I like the, how... the, like I think you're gonna see more lists that aren't just oh here's ninety witch elves and a cauldron like okay I think you're gonna see a lot more players experimenting with other builds and other units right. myself included because they brought point costs down or they changed the temples where it's like oh I this I have a good incentive to try this unit that I have never used sure mm-hmm. and I like how uh, Iron Jaws Rat Bastard put it here on the chat he said daughters aren't better they're more focused. So let's let's kind of batten that down here. I mean, here here we have the new awesome battle tome, and, and let's dive into what the daughters of Cain are now in the game and the meta, pretty much overall. So, Dustin, fr- from the top, let's talk about their battle traits. 
Um, mm -hmm. I'd have to say no real changes that I noticed. Now, I, I guess, uh, not that they're all really needed, and, and what I mean is this. Uh, this, this includes the 6-plus Feel No Pain save that the blood rights, mm -hmm. uh, for the blood rights table, I think it is, which grants increasing bonuses as the game uh, went on. So, correct. Did, did the lack of anything regarding the, the battle traits uh, come off as a, as a bit of a disappointment to you? I mean, the fact that there was really no change to them? Well, um, honestly, they were never really bad. They, they, I didn't say they were bad, but I mean, they're just, there's I no mean, change. Playing armies where I don't have reroll re -roll ones of something on the turn I am probably going to be doing that thing is noticeable. Like when I was playing my Dragon Ogres, suddenly being able to give Dragon Ogres re-roll re ones to hit right. is really important when I don't have that you know, yeah. constantly. And, and then you realize it didn't um, help your Dragon Ogres at all. They were still terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's true, folks. Topic for another time. Yeah, no, no, another no. army, another show. <laughs> uh, but no, like, it's it's a nice thing to have. They they made the... And again, this is pretty much the whole book. They clarified a lot of wording where uh, previously, the way it was written, I could technically on turn three re-roll ones for ranged attacks. They changed that. It's melee weapons, mm -hmm. which honestly, that's how it should be because you're a melee-focused army. Well... Um, what about command traits? I mean, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the you know the command traits are in the book now. Any thoughts on those? Well, uh, they they did update a lot of them. Um, they they made them more effective. Like for example, zealous or or uh, orator. I can't talk. Yeah. Um, you had two to the bravery char characteristic of Darzakane units while they're wholly within twelve of the general. Previously, it was only one. Um, they they, they did things like that. Um, they also added some command traits for Bloodrack Medusas and Melusai Iron Scales specifically, and they're they're pretty good. the The problem is when I'm when am I going to use them? Because I'm taking a temple. So, well, okay. So so let's let's kind of let's kind of stop there and kind of talk about the temples in mm -hmm. real quick because I'm I'm sure that uh, uh, this is something that Chuck and Justin are going to want to kind of tee off on as well. So. These tie directly into your command traits, which is kind of what you were referring yeah. to. And in my opinion, the four originals, meaning temples, uh, had an allegiance ability and an artifact or command trait, but not both. Yeah. And never any yep. command abilities uh, while Broken Realms. Marathi introduced the new, the new, the new temple, the um, the Zenithar Kai, I believe it was called. Zenithar Kai, yeah. Yeah. So the the four original temples, they're returning, but. They have been drastically changed, and and my favorite upgrade mm -hmm. to the one of the temples uh, was done to Hagnar. Um, mm -hmm. Now this lets you uh, treat the blood rites as being ahead by one round, kind of like what you were referring to before with the Eidneth Deepkin, which is a, mm -hmm. which is a notable increase uh, over their their previous buff. Right. So I think one of the yeah. things that they've done in 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 one way is there's been some improvements on those temples. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Hagdar was always pretty powerful. Be oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. I want to hear. Uh, Hagdar was always pretty powerful because you had your your uh, plus one to your fanatical faith save, right? Um, which is now wholly within twelve instead of within seven. Um, and uh, turn three, instead of rerolling once to hit, you would reroll all your hits. Um, yeah. That's. I mean, that's a lot of offensive power and defensive power in one temple. It was really really good almost i mean 
overpowered. You know, it's funny. Um, now, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say, going back to Hagnar, is 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 my thought that I had in the front of my head here was was it was they seem to be a lot of tie-in and combinations that you can do in this book that maybe weren't mm-hmm. in the last book. And if you were mm-hmm. to combine with their uh, feel no pain save of five plus, that's within twelve inches of their general. In, in, instead of the previous, I think it was seven inches. Uh, yes. Uh, they can be rather a rather hardy army that that hits their peak a lot faster than than other temples. Um, yes. I mean, so so I guess you know, kind of kind of finish your thought on what you were saying about the older temples and their changes because I, that's kind of what I want to tie in before I forgot that thought. Yeah, I mean, it, they updated a lot of the temples um, to first of all have within abilities. Right. But yeah, they they gave each of them an artifact, which um, I feel like are very. Uh, fitting for the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, the command ability is uh, a lot of the command abilities. I'm sorry, command abilities have changed. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, here's one in particular. Um, the the Kraith was always uh, pr- previously the Kraith. Um, after you activated a unit in the combat phase, if you roll the six, they could uh, attack again. Right. Um, now one of one of the things that everyone was saying, oh my gosh, it needs to be a five plus. Make it a five plus. Make it a five plus. Well, it's a five plus, but specifically for Sisters of Slaughter, right? So that kind of keys you into that unit, but now you have a higher chance of your temple ability actually happening instead of a one in six chance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chuck, Justin, what are your thoughts, man? Well, that brings an interesting kind of question to my mind: is since it's a temple ability. That like going back to Hagnar, where it's a plus one to your your turn advancement. Mm-hmm. It that's not an activated command ability. That's a, that's an ability that's always going. So always if you have, going. So if you have an iron scale general, their command ability still can be activated on top of that. Correct. So yes. so so you have you have two different versions. You have basically a temple ability which is always going, which is kind of like a command ability because you know that's just the way they list them. But then you you do have a use for your iron scale, and your other leaders because their command ability can be activated. It's an activatable one with a CP. Yes. So, where is the common? I mean, I can see a combination in there. So I don't know how they're they're useless in that respect. At least that's I think that's where my mind is going. I wouldn't well, say useless. The, no, but go ahead, Dustin. The the command abilities that are are useless are the ones that are not part of a temple because you mm. you have to take the command trait for the temple. So you would never take the generic command trait if you're taking a temple. Okay. But and it's a command like, but isn't it it's a command trait on their on their their data sheet basically versus the command trait that the temple just gives you. So you still have you have access to both to both command traits at that point. Okay. So I, that's, I uh, that's that's where I'm getting confused. Well let me let me let me try no, to, no, let me uh, try to short trait up here. versus command ability. Okay. All right, let, let me try to shore it up here. I, I think I think the obvious one that Justin that you're talking about is the temples have been updated to include mandatory command traits across the board. Uh, yes, and this is Correct. the new system via you know call the call the, all the newer battle tomes. You see a lot of right. armies already doing this. Now I get I, I think that what what Justin was getting at here is does this limit you from taking temples now? I think that's ultimately his question. You know that that the command traits are shackled to the temples. So that that was that was my that that was his I think question. Oh, I, I think that's where I'm getting yeah because it's yeah, it seems so, like if you if you take a temple you're kind of like okay you have to take this command trait and you lose everything trait. else. 
or is it in addition to? Because okay. so, you know. so that's, yeah, so the, that's the, the question. generic. Yeah, the generic command traits. Um, maybe I misspoke and said command abilities. Um, the generic command traits in the battle tome. Um, it's cool that they added. They have the original. Uh, they have you know the six, and then they have you know three specific for uh, blood rack medusas, three specific for iron scales. Those are cool, but you can't take those if you take a temple because you have to take the mandatory command trait for the temple. Right. Okay. So I mean, Chuck, what were you? What do you? I mean, you think that that the temples are pretty great? I mean, what are your two cents in a tin can on those? I mean, I think they offer a, a decent perspective into the army. It gives them an additional um, dimension that can help players who like to play a specific way uh, personify that. The Celt Nar is one that I was looking at specifically. Oh, it, it allows that's one of the new ones, um, yeah. units to hit and fade into combat. Um, I was always a fan of the Skinks ability, I, and I know this may be you know, Age of Sigmar 1 or 2, but, you know, they can elect to just flee from combat as opposed to uh, attacking. So mm -hmm. when you activated them, their ability would be to run 7, 8, 9 inches away, uh, essentially nullifying the unit that would have attacked them and eliminated them from combat. So um, in order to, you know, you know, retreat and then attack still or charge back in, I, I just think that's an, an interesting trait especially with this new book that has come out um in addition it's also saying that their command ability is an interesting defensive shield that makes anyone who hits with a melee weapon on an on 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 an unmodified one take a mortal wound so there are some some interesting things that that play into that i mean there's a couple other combinations where you can have an an artifact that makes each unmodified hit a six uh, into two hits instead of one mm -hmm. so it, it's just something to kind of think about you know whether or not you're gonna force your opponent into um making specific maneuvers in order to counter your potential move that you could make i think mm -hmm. keeping your opponent second guessing is always like a psychological yep. issue that the other opponent doesn't like to do you Heck know yeah yeah absolutely they would so rather just move cards, cast all their spells and kill yep. yeah 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 so then they have the rule that's in the front of their thing that says you you can choose a temple that you're not required to. You're you're not required to. Sure. Okay. Right. Okay. So so let me let me touch on that here. But before we get to the next part of this this topic here, you know, if you avoid the temples for for whatever reason, the old traits that did return are mostly the same. So I want to touch on that because I want to tie back something that Dustin you said earlier, is that this zealous orator, right? When you talk about mm -hmm. that, I mean, this now boosts bravery by two rather than just using the general's bravery which ranges from an improvement to really not changing anything but i think overall it could be an improvement so i think i think what they've done as far as shackling some command traits with some of the temples and then giving you the flexibility to not take a temple and still actually have a pretty proficient and 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 useful tactful army mm. i think is a huge win for this uh you know for, for this army because when i look at the um like the older command traits you know before before you get into the new ones i mean um there's really not a, a, a lot there other than name changes right i mean i think a lot of the command traits you could still take outside of a temple are still there and still pretty effective right yeah i mean <clears throat> i mean some of them are really good especially if instead of just having you know let's say uh iron scale or you know medusa as your general but if you're taking like uh uh collagen of blood um you know so there's master of poisons add one to the damage inflicted by each successful attack made by this general. Mm -hmm. 
So let's say you have a cauldron of blood. Um, and I don't think they've really spelled out if cauldrons are mounts or not. I don't think they are. So right. technically, um, they haven't, you yeah. could have the Avatar of Cain on the Cauldron of Blood getting plus one damage to its sword. So it's a four damage sword. Gotcha. All right. Because it's one model. It's the general, mm -hmm. which is that's bonkers. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, man, we are going to keep talking and we're going to be coming back and talking more about uh, the army as far as um, uh, some of their units and, and, and get and kind of close out and wrap up a little bit about some of their tactics with their with their temples, their books, their combos and all that kind of good stuff. So stick around. Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events, so get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming. 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. Hey, you Grimdark goons, thank you so much for joining us on the show. But hey, if you're new to the Grimdark Live experience, please don't forget to subscribe, follow, and like our show. This way you'll always know when it's time for Grimdark Live. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for being back. We love all you dice, chuck, and glue, sniffing gamer goons. Also, please recommend us to your friends, as Grimdark Live is a great show to get your nerd on every week. And if you like some after-ear action, give our podcast a listen after the live show. The podcast is typically published a couple of days after the live show. The link to the podcast is in the show notes below. And if you're already listening to our podcast, you rock, man. And if that ain't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. Again, that's grimdarklive.com. All right, now let's get back to the show. All right, we are back, man. We're going to be talking more about Daughters of Cain. And uh, for um, for everybody that's just joining us, I mean, we're going to keep the uh, the, the topic here sultry and, and, you know, all about sultry snake chicks uh, ro rolling with our guest, Dustin Hart. So, Dustin, let's start getting into into units here uh, because I think that's what – I think what, he, what people really want to start understanding about this army, and, and you know, mm -hmm. you're a great guy to talk about that, are units and, and how they combo – um, but but speaking of combos, I kind of want to I kind of want to dress up the, the the topic of the units here with between the temples and the command traits that we were just talking about. You mentioned Kraith earlier. This looks a bit more competitive now with the ability to attack again on a, on a five plus instead of a six, especially with their new command ability to gain a buff on wound rolls. 
uh, that command ability for Kraith is, uh, I think it's called Bathe in Their Blood, which gives you a, a CP if you killed an enemy unit that turn. Um, thoughts on that one? I mean, you know, before we get into the units, that would be a good way to preface it. What, what are your thoughts on that one? You went a little a little robot there. Um, yeah, Bathe in Their Blood. Um, I, I think that's, that's interesting because, in theory... Um, you'd be able to, if you eliminated a unit, um, you could then use their inspired by carnage ability. Cause you just got a command, uh, command point, mm-hmm. um, to, yeah, add one to wound rolls. Um, so let's get into this. We're just going to go ahead and keep rolling right forward. So Dustin, let's get, let's start getting into the unit. So in general, almost everything got a points drop. Uh, some of those drops yeah. are, are quite substantial too. I mean, they're say mm-hmm. uh, they're, 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 they are mitigated in, in some cases because anything that used to have a maximum size discount has now lost it. Has but overall, it, yeah. um, how do you feel about um, the units that are now represented in the book? Um, again, um, the, the biggest changes uh, I feel happened with um, the Bloodstalkers and Blood Sisters from the Shadow and Pain um box set um but i i think it was needed um at least for the uh bloodstalkers because now they have two attacks with their bows right and unmodified right. sixes uh to do moral wounds and that honestly that's all they needed because yeah, yeah. <clears throat> previously uh again aos one you roll six and do a moral wound but there wasn't this thing called lookout sir sure well suddenly now you know you have a minus one to hit on whatever they're trying to shoot at, and they just they can't even do mortals now. Um, so it was a simple change. That's <clears throat> all they needed, really. Yeah, I, for the I think. I, th- I think when you when you when you think about that, I mean, you know, like take take witch elves. You know, the dependable workhorse of this army <clears throat> that that got a, a rather a rather big change. I mean, while they. While they got a nice 20-point loss per 10 models, their special ability, which no longer grants a bonus attack, but instead a plus-one to attack, plus, uh, they gain a plus-one to wound. Plus-one uh, to wound, yeah. Yeah, which is, which is still good, but probably not as good as a bonus attack, I would think. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit of a nerf, but, I mean... Yeah. It, you know, with the way Witch Brew works now, it's not guaranteed. Right. Um, so being able to kind of guarantee that you're wounding on threes uh, when you may not be able to be re-rolling your wounds, mm-hmm. um, that that could be good. Yeah, could I, be. I know that there's a lot of big changes, and, and I think Blood Sisters had a point discount and, and had their Crystal Touch mm-hmm. ability rewritten to be more clear. Um, rather yeah. than, and, and, and oh, stop yeah. me if I'm wrong on this one, but rather than rolling to hit, you, you, you merely are rolling a die, which means that to hit modifiers no longer affect it. Am I, am I right on Correct. that? And, and this yeah. is both, I think, I think this is both good and good and bad as your opponent cannot really affect your ability to hit with it. But on the same breath, you don't get re-rolls or bonuses to hit either. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, um, go ahead. Yeah. That was, an, that was an interesting change because previously it was a melee weapon that right. hit on a four plus, mm-hmm. you do a mortal wound. Right. And you could, because it was a melee weapon, you could use the buffs from prayers and stuff like that. And now it's <clears throat> end of the combat phase. Right. Um, you choose um, a unit within, an enemy unit within one inch of the Blood Sister unit. And then you roll for the number of models in the Blood Sister unit. Three plus, you inflict the mortal wound. So, uh, I mean, if I have a unit it's of 20 and you didn't kill any of them, that's potentially 20 mortal wounds that throw at you. Sure. But... 
of course, how that's balanced is you could wipe half a unit out because before I can use that ability on you, which you should try and wipe half the unit out before I use that ability on you. But that's what is an interesting thing is just, just being around them. You have this, you know, my opponent has this fear of, Hey, I'm going to smack you with mortal wounds unless you do something about this mm -hmm. unit. Right. Well, three plus and, three plus is a pretty big kiss, buddy. I yeah. mean, that's, that, that's, yeah. you know, 20 models, that's 20 possible mortal wounds that you're saying, even at 10 guys, at half 10. A unit, that's yeah. 10 possible mortal wounds that can remove the remainder of any unit that, that your guys yeah. just didn't chop up. Yep. <laughs> so, so, yeah. and I like it because it's, again, you know, it has a psychological thing where it's like, oh crap, I have to deal with this or I'm going to take all these mortal wounds. So mm -hmm. it ended up, in my opinion, being a kind of an upgrade. Sounds like a boost to me. <laughs> Sounds like a boost. So, yeah. Something really good. Also, boot. can the Blood Sisters get bonus attacks too? They certainly can. Uh, if you take Zane Tharkai, um, their command ability is plus one attack with wholly within 12 for any Malusai or Kenari units. Also, mm -hmm. if you happen to have Marathi, well, I, specifically the Shadow Queen, who's within three inches of an enemy, mm -hmm. and you have a Malusai unit wholly within 12, so you have to definitely set that up, but she could also give them plus one attack. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah. now this will pretty much never happen because you'd have to swing with the iron scale first and have a unit wholly within 12. And I'm probably not going to do that because then my opponent will just choose to attack my blood sister unit. But if you somehow manage to kill someone or slay a unit or a model with your iron scale, you could also choose a unit wholly within 12 of the iron scale and give them plus one attack. That's hard, much harder to do. Right. Well, but if if the planets align somehow and you have yeah, well, all of those anything's fully achievable, within bubbles, right? I mean, any, you, anything's you, achievable. Yeah. Just will it ever happen? But you know, another unit that I want to I want to kind of bring up is uh, the Bloodstalkers. I think, in my yeah. opinion, the Bloodstalkers might be the most improved of the you know quote unquote other units. They're uh, you know, so they saw, much more useful. Yeah, they they saw a slight uh, yeah. price hike, but their bonuses make mm -hmm. it worth it, in my opinion. You know, they can be yes. battle line now, which is yeah, um, they can be battle line. I guess with the right general, though, I guess the best. You know, we should really probably, probably say that. And their bows are now two attacks per model instead of one, two which is a one. huge for huge. you know an army generally. You know, very, that's very melee focused. So I think that yeah. was probably one of the biggest uh, impacts, positive impacts to the army. They're also 24-inch range, too, aren't they? 24-inch range. Yeah. yeah. Eight-inch move. So <laughs> they're they're out shooting a lot of other order armies that are sitting at 16 to 18-inch range bows or handguns, things of that it, matter. Except it, for it lets me deal math. with it lets <laughs> me deal with things that need to die from ranged. It's like, yeah. oh, yes. here's this scary character. I'm gonna throw 20 shots at you. And you know what's funny is um I think we, we brought up Doomfire Warlocks earlier, but I mean, they look a lot more mm -hmm. viable now, you know, now, now, you know, I think they're gaining a, I think a plus one to casting rolls for, 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 for five or more units. I think that is, um, uh, yeah. instead of 10. Yeah. So just previously to really use them at full effectiveness, you had to have 10. Mm -hmm. um, now you can use them in min units of five and get plus one. Now here's the, the con that came with that is Doomfire, their uh, main spell went down from 18 inches to 12 inches. But 
um, they have you know 14 inch moves, so that's not terrible. Um, say, big they, thing they for me, yes, move. The the big thing for me, um, they lost a little bit of versatility because even though they are a Daughters of Cain wizard, they can only cast the spells on their War Scroll, so they okay. can only use Doomfire. Uh, Mystic Shield and Arcane Bolt. They can't use any of the Lore of Shadows. Okay. Previously, that was really shenanigans because you could have them use. Um, oh, oh gosh, I, the name's escaping me. Um, Steed of Shadows, okay, so they right. can fly and I, move sixteen. I thought the, but the, it's it's not the end of the world. It, I thought the Doomfire Warlocks. I thought their I thought their their spell got a longer range. You're saying it got shorter? Uh, I thought the spell well, yeah, had a longer track. range. It was previously 18, and I believe it went down to 12. Okay. Well, let's let's keep it rolling here. I mean, I, I, what about yeah. the Canary uh, Life Takers? I mean, you know, they get negative one to, uh, to rend they, in addition they to got plus one to wound yeah. on the charge with their, um, uh, what is it, death on the wind ability or something like that? Yeah, death on the wind. So um, Basically, uh, when they, the turn they come down from uh, reserve, um, if they charge, then, yeah, they get plus one damage and plus one rend. Previously, they only had uh, plus wow. one damage. Yeah, and I know that I, I brought up that um, uh, the, the Bloodstalkers were probably one of the better ones, but when I was reading a little bit about the Canary Life, life uh, Takers, uh, the fact that they didn't get a points hike accompanying with all their little buffs here probably mm-hmm. maybe maybe makes them probably the best uh, unit as far as out of what they out of the benefits of, of this new book. Not, not, not maybe mm-hmm. the best unit in the, in, in the entire book, but um, I think also too with the, with the new uh, uh, is it uh, Keltnar subfaction I believe I think uh-huh. these are going to be uh, showing up a lot more on tables I think you're going to see a lot more Canary Life Takers uh, on the table with that with the new yeah. uh, Keltnar subfaction um, yeah because the uh, the general ability um, command ability well no not command ability command trait I'm sorry um, just once per game you can summon a unit of harpies. Okay. What what you know. what's the min max unit size on that on the Kamar? Uh, that that is only five. The command okay. the command trait it's only five of them. Right, but what's That'd the max what's the maximum size unit of those you can actually field? Oh, I think it's uh, I think you could have a unit of twenty of those. That's uh, that's yeah, kind minimum of... five, max is twenty. That's pretty so good. It, so a reserve twenty man unit that's a plus one rend plus one attack, or plus mm-hmm. one hit. 14 inch move and having the re-roll ones twos whatever it is according to your turn mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty scary yeah. it's pretty scary now granted there's durables wet paper but if you kill everything it doesn't matter well very true <laughs> so let, let's let's kind of let's kind of stick with that real quick i mean chuck you look like you were going to say something i mean you're talking about the crystal touch well, I, yeah, I made mention of that in the chat. I also want to say I think the life takers have to be deployed by uh, the fifth or before the fifth battle round. Otherwise, Correct. You, uh, they're destroyed or something yes. like that. Right. So, uh, like, those last turn cheeky moves or sneaky moves are kind of, like, thrown out to the wayside. But also, if you're waiting until battle round four to deploy a unit of 20 or 30 of these chicks, That's a good girls, chunk of your army. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of points taken from objectives already, right. and you may be at like a severe disadvantage waiting for that one key moment where they rush in and kill some huge model. You know, sure. just kind of keep that in perspective. Yeah, right. I think I think keeping it into perspective. Let's talk about one more unit before we start looking at lists and here here in a little bit. I mean, Avatar Kane. You know, this is your your lone behemoth, if you will. 
I got a feeling that this this is likely to struggle. I mean, I I think I his stats now. are identical than than before. I mean, other than the I think the idol of worship, which is now twelve inches instead of seven, and the new ability is it uh, is it altar of Cain? I think which grants him plus it one to prayers, prayer rolls yeah. or something like that. So yeah, I, it's, I, uh, I plus one to uh, prayers holy within nine. Yeah, but I do think that these these abilities shared with, say, a Bloodrack Shrine, uh, so I, I probably would still recommend uh, taking him with a Bloodrack Shrine than, than just, say, the Avatar all by himself. I, I think that's still the best mm-hmm. way to go. So, so what what about some other units, Dustin? I mean, what are some other winners in this in this book that you wanna you wanna tell us about? Um, I I'm happy that uh, Bloodrack Medusa's got a little bit of a buff, um, yep. including the Blood Bloodrack Shrine. Um, previously their, their blood rack stare, um, which was previously you choose a unit within range. Uh, I was 10 inches models in range five plus. They take a mortal wound. Mm-hmm. Now it's 12 inches. Uh, oh, which, yeah. Wow. That's wow. awesome. Um, also, um, the blood racks got an additional attack with their spear. They previously only had two, mm-hmm. which I would always roll ones. <laughs> or no, I would always roll twos, so I couldn't re-roll them. Now they have three attacks, which is great. Um, but uh, more importantly, the Whisper Claw that they had, um, it's fours and threes, four attacks, one damage. Nothing to write home about. But now, unmodified sixes are mortal wounds. Because the fluff is, the Whisper Claw is, uh, you know, it basically shifts between dimensions as they attack you so it does mortal wounds i thought that was just a great little addition to a model i already end up using all the time um and makes them just just a little bit more dangerous to deal with yeah well like like they needed more danger i know right (laughs) it's already a danger noodle so let's give it more danger I gotta think overall. I mean, I think overall this is a solid and good update for Daughters of Cain. I mean, I think I think the new sub factions are gonna remain, in my opinion, the most influential part of this list building. I think as as I see moving moving forward, um, right. as they can affect you know you know units, they can gain buffs and and which you know which artifacts and, and command abilities I think they synergize best with. I, th- I think these new, um, as I said, I think I think. I think the new sub factions are really going to be where it's at with this uh, with this army, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's uh, let's look at some let's look at some lists while we can here, Dustin. I mean, you've got a couple here that you wanted to yep. to kind of share with us. So the first one I'm 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 going to be throwing up here is uh, I think it's Celebron, right? Isn't that the one that uh, that you yep. wanted to show to everybody? Celebron, right. which um, Celebron, their uh, command ability changed a little bit. Um, previously, it was. Start of the hero phase, um, wholly within, se- or uh, no, I'm sorry, within seven, you choose a unit then uh, that you could, you know, teleport. Okay. Um, now, uh, it changed a little bit. It's, um, first of all, the Calibron, they have uh, subtract one for hit rolls uh, for attacks made with missile weapons. Okay. Army-wide. Um, but uh, now you can use the command ability um, at the end of your movement phase. Um, and it still lets you do the, the same thing. You can remove a unit, uh, set it up nine inches away. Um, the biggest change, though, is it says um, the unit cannot move in the next movement phase. So I mo- teleport a unit, and then I double turn. They can't move. But if my opponent goes, then they can move on the following turn, which is interesting. Hmm. But, that is kind of um, interesting. Yeah. Um, the Caliban command trait got better. Um, 
Mistress of Illusions, now my general, is minus one to hit uh, for attacks made with melee weapons. So they're minus one to hit in the sh missile weapons and melee weapons, which right. is helpful. Um, and then the uh, artifact power is pretty cool. It's just uh, unmodified. You choose a melee weapon, unmodified sixes or mortal wounds. So, you know, I could put that on uh, another weapon of my blood rack and just be spitting mortal wounds out. Um, but yeah, so this list, um, the, I've used this uh, a couple times now, and uh, it's been pretty effective. Um, I uh, I played it against uh, Idnith Deepkin, um, against Rob's Eels, and uh, it worked. It worked pretty well. Um, being able to, uh, you know, basically, I was able to teleport a um, unit of uh, Bloodstalkers onto the other side of the table and take out um, uh, Vortunos um, in one turn, which is great. Yeah, it's good to see on um, the spells in the list here, too. I mean, I, I think it, it's very nice to see. You know, it, I, I think as, as some of the only wholly new content in the book, it, it was important that, that they got this right because I, I think they nailed it with the with the endless spells. I mean, I think these endless oh, yeah. spells are, are, you know, two new endless spells and a, and a prayer, I think, if, if, I'm, if I'm looking at this right, right? Yes. Um, what I have in the list here is the Heart of Fury. Um, it's a uh, invocation, so it's not a prayer. So, unfortunately, you can't buff that with like a uh, avatar of Cain. So I can't get this off on a two plus. It's only oh, a three gotcha. plus. Okay. Um, Cause it's, it's an invocation, not a, not a prayer. Um, was, was that the list you and I teamed up with uh, uh, at the last war meet or did is that, or was I, there I a change so. to that one? Oh uh, no, I think, I think the one when we teamed up, I think I did the Zane Kai one, which is okay. almost the same. Uh, just with the different temples, so I can get the the extra attack. Yeah, because I, I kind of remember the twenty man anvil getting thrown across the table into a unit of trolls. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, well that's that's why we have the Malusai Iron Scale here because, um, and uh, usually what I've been doing and it's worked pretty well is because most people don't expect Blood Sisters to be able to run in charge. Um, is I use her command ability Wrath of the Scathborn. It lets the Bloodstock or uh, I'm sorry, Blood Sisters. Well, Melusa, any Melusa, I don't know why you do that with your, uh, you know, Bloodstalkers, but um, they can run a charge, which is already good, but then they can run 2d6, which if you roll high enough, that's, that's insane. Sure. Eight inch move, potentially, you could potentially move 20 inches and then still charge. All right. Um, but, uh, you know, that amount of mobility, in addition to being able to teleport another unit around the table, is really good. Well, let's take a look at the next list, man. I mean, this, this next one, you've uh, you got a pretty pretty funny name with it, Shenanigans. So this one, I think, is um, uh, so, uh, pretty self-explanatory. This is, the, yeah, th this is the result of um, a, a lot of the points changes and just other things in the book kind of opening up list building. Okay. Um, because I don't necessarily have to feel like, Oh, I have to take this to be effective. Um, so the whole idea behind this one, because I have the, the Scath Coven and the shadow patrol Scath Coven is one of the uh, battalions I use all the time because I use blood sisters and blood stalkers. And it just makes the whole battalion immune to battle shock, which uh, daughters of Cain, we cannot suffer battle shock. It would be bad yeah. to lose models to battle shock. So we have a lot of ways to mitigate that. Um, but then the Shadow Patrol, 
Um, it requires a big investment in units. You have to have two units of Doomfire Warlocks, four units of Kinnerai, uh, uh, e either one, either life takers or heart renders, the spear throwing runs. But they, that entire battalion in in the movement phase can use the shadow paths and, you know, basically redeploy nine inches away. <laughs> so that whole battalion can do that. Um, with my command ability, any of the uh, Malusai or the general, the Bloodrack Shrine could also do that. Um, so shenanigans. Uh, so your entire army is name literally your entire army is literally in your opponent's space. Turn yeah. one. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> yeah, and, and the Kinnerai, fourteen-inch move. Doomfire Warlocks, fourteen-inch move. Um, Blood Sisters and Stalkers, eight-inch. But uh, the the only other thing, I I didn't add any characters um in here because this is a two-drop list. Sure. Um, and yep. I think that's actually the the edge that it gives you is being two drops, uh, which is very hard to do in Darzakane because our characters are usually attacks. Like if I if I had a um, if I added a Hag Queen for buffs or an Iron Scale, I mean that's another drop because they didn't fit in the battalion. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I mean that's what I like about this new book is it's giving me the opportunity to make new lists that I probably wouldn't make. Um, I've never used Kinnerai, and now I want to use them. And I've never used this Shadow Patrol Battalion, but I think it would be... I don't know how effective it would be, but I think it would be fun to use. And that's that's what I like about this book, is it's giving me incentives to make lists that aren't necessarily the most competitive, but maybe just fun to use. You know, but I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily... Um strike the idea of, of like even this list we just had up there particularly being not competitive I mean I think the new versions are all pretty competitive and but I, th I think like anything though Dustin I think figuring out which is the which is the best might take some time to figure out I, I mm -hmm. think that they did a yep. good job here as as uh, the the winner uh, isn't clear as it, as it is with yes. many other books mm -hmm. um, but this you really combined with the massive point drops across the board means that daughters are, are looking uh, at being in a in a much better place than they were, say, a few months ago, uh, even yes. if the content isn't uh, the, the, the freshest around. So I think what they've done is mm -hmm. I, I think they've tweaked it to the point to where the army feels more like a strong elven army for sure. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yep. You know, I uh, I think it's uh, I think it's I think it's a pretty darn good improvement. And I'm excited to see what more comes of it. So you're going to be playing this at Armed Forces Day, right? Is it going to be the shenanigans? Uh, list? I haven't. Uh, <laughs> I haven't decided what I'm going to use yet. So but, let me uh, ask you this real quick. Yeah. Where would you put this in like, uh, say, uh, a ranking? I mean, top 10, top five, somewhere in between uh, the, the list or the book, the entire book, uh, the entire book. Oh boy. Um, I, I think I would put it at uh, out of 10, I would put it at a eight. Um, because it's it's not overpowering, but it's it's balanced. Like nothing screams at me, that's terrible. Everything screams at me, I'm viable. And honestly, that's how any that's how any army should be. Right. Like I should be able to build any army any way, um, and you know, play something that is enjoyable, but also play something that is potentially effective as well. Right. 
Right. Okay. Same question for you, Chuck, and you, Pat. Chuck, you go ahead, man. So I need to digest. Yeah, it. I mean, I, I'm kind of digesting it as as we go. You know, I I don't think that there is, and as you were just pointing out there, you know, I think this is a a balanced book. Um, I don't see immediate uh, overpowering lists, you know, when at all costs, whack lists, as they're traditionally called, as we saw like, like in the Zinch book that just completely destroyed your opponent or the Slanesh book two years ago or 18 months ago when it dropped when, you know, every major unit was striking last and they were double striking with their greater demons of Slanesh. Um, so with this, I would I would somewhere be in the seven to eight range upon what I'm seeing right now. Are there shenanigans? Are there ways to buff stuff up? Yes, but there's ways to counter that. You yes. you attack your opponent early on as opposed to turn three, four, and five. So engage sooner rather than later. Um, you know, or just sit on objectives and make them come to you uh, so that you can get points initially so that, that it's more of a fight later on and hopefully you've got more of a objective point uh, bonus and you're ahead in the beginning of the game versus the latter mm -hmm. so you know i don't think this is a table wiping army so to say i i think we've kind of got some type of semblance here yeah I, I would have to say probably eight out of ten i think because i only say that because i don't think it's the book the units or the synergies or the combos or the temples or anything in the book that that may be disseminated from being a nine or a 10. I think it's the players. I said at the beginning when, when we, we talked about it, there are some armies, i.e. like my beloved ogres, that are just easier to play. Move forward, kill stuff, trolls, gargants. You know, I, I, think, I think a lot of, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crying ass shame when you can say in the whole Destruction Grand Alliance that orc war clans are the most tactically achievable army. So when I look at an army like this that's got a lot of finesse, a lot of moving parts, mm -hmm. a lot of gears to it, um, you know, we say it all the time on, on, this, on this show, you know, is it the army or the general? And this is definitely a general's army. This is something that you're going to have to know and understand how to play in order to play it effectively. But being elves, and I'd like to point that out because we did say in the beginning of the show that this army is playing uh, a lot more like elves these days. Elves are very unforgiving. They always have been. Mm -hmm. They always will be. I mean, I'm, I'm a former high elf player. And I don't care what type of elves you're playing. Look at look at even now with Eidneth uh, Deepkin. Eidneth Deep, Deepkin are fantastic on the charge. After that, if you if, if if it doesn't go your way, you know you you could be in quite a fist fight in a phone booth with that army. So elves are always going to be elves no matter what. So that's why I think this army is is definitely an eight out of ten because I think it's not again not prefaced off what the army is or what's between the book covers. I think it's going to be the players. I think there's a huge learning curve to this army. And I think mm -hmm. if people don't stick with it, like I.E. Dustin, you have for three years, I, you're going to find a lot of people buying it because they like the idea of playing sultry snake chicks and, and all that kind of stuff. But then you're going to see a lot of eBay get, get packed up pretty quick because people are going to say, oh, this army doesn't play well. You know what this army reminds me of in a way is Beasts of Chaos. Now, I, I think Daughters yeah. uh, of Cain are a lot better than Beasts of Chaos, uh, but Beasts of Chaos is a very finesse-imbued army. You know, a lot of, mm -hmm. um, um, you know, multiple units on the table, movement. You know, you're not really hitting as hard. But I think I think it's the same essence. And I think a lot of people have veered away from playing Beast of Chaos for the same reason. I think, and, and don't get me wrong when I say this, and I'll end, I'll end my little plabble with this. I think a lot of people in this hobby and in this game, they when they go and they buy a new army and they open up the box, they find out real quick it doesn't come with a player. <laughs> and they, you know, and and they they want uh, they they want to um, 
they want to have that that hey i can win just because i showed up and mm-hmm. i think an yeah. army like this is kind of the antithesis of of that kind of that kind of mindset. So that, that's kind of why yeah. I think it's an eight out of 10, not because of the army itself. I think the army is awesome, but I think it's going to be the players. I think, I think it's going to be that way, which I think is what plagued it in the past before. I, I think right. it's still as ever much of a finesse army as it was before. So that's my answer. That's where I think. So, yeah, my answer yeah. on that just so is we throw out there as well is I think it's a seven or eight for an army is kind of the learning curve, but in the hands of a right general, I Mr. Dustin here, I think they can push five, maybe six, depending on if you stick with it, like you right. said, Pat, right. you know, it's there, they are an army of finesse. And if you can figure out that thing, you can hit top five with them pretty easy. I totally agree. But here it is, man. We are going to be right back with the question of the day. Hey gang, I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. Here it is, man. We got the question of the day. So, Dustin, I'm throwing this at you first, and then uh, and then Chuck, uh, you're you're right in the barrel right after him, man. We got to wake you up. So here it is. With Age of Sigmar 3.0, that's going to be dropping this summer. Which two armies are going to be featured? Uh, the the pair. Which two armies are going to be the featured pair in the box set? Mm-hmm. Uh, entirely speculative. Um, I think Stormcast. A new chamber of some kind. Okay, Chuck's happy. And Beastman. Or, I'm sorry, Beast of Chaos. Love it. Okay. All right, I like it. Chuck? So here it is. With Age of Sigmar 3.0 that's dropping this summer, which two armies are going to be featured as the pair in the new box set? So I think we're going to see some type of um, Stormcast chamber. I think that's a given. Three years ago, we saw Synchrosanct released. Mm-hmm. Um, there's several chapters that remain unopened, like... Ruination, Covenant, and Logister. Um, but, you know, who knows? We could see one reinvented. You never know. Uh, and I made a little note here that uh, says that previous books that have been, uh, you know, not released, we have the Orcs or Bone Splitters and Beast Claw from 2016, or the Skaven, which were released also in 2016. So if my money is on anything, it's going to be either Beast Claw, Orcs, or Skaven. I like it. That's it. I like it a lot, man. Justin, mm. question to you, man. With 3.0 coming out this summer, which two armies are going to be the featured pair in the new box set? I'm going to kind of go off a tangent here, and I'm going to say that it's going to be Cities of Sigmar in some faction okay. and Vampires. Interesting. All right. I, hmm. Here's what I think. Here's what and I the think. Re- go ahead. Just a quick reason for that yeah. is because of the first city. 
Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Mm. Yeah. That might that might be the winner winner chicken dinner on that one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a yeah. wrench in that works. Here's what I got. <laughs> you know, looking at the vampires that are gonna be just coming out, you know, obviously with all the teases, uh I think the vampires are gonna come out ahead of Age of Sigmar three point I'm thinking vampires sometime in April, maybe May, something yep. like that. But I think I think when I think about Age of Sigmar 3.0 dropping the summer, and I think which two armies are going to be featured is the pair for that box set. I'm going to say Maggotkin of Nurgle, because what a better way to okay. infuse a new edition of the hobby than than getting the the gross ass booger boys, you know, trombling <laughs> through there. I, I think um, I think that's going to be one way to do it. I think the, I think who their uh, antithesis is going to be is in some shape or form is going to be the Dark Elves, some way, somehow. I think that's what it's going to be. Shadow Elves. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah, think it's going to be. I think it's going to be the Magikin and Nurgle, and some form of Shadow Elves are going to be going at it. I think that's That'd what's going to cool. happen. Like Marathi. Uh, no, no, uh, uh, Malarian. Yeah, yeah. Malarian. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. That's uh, that's That'd definitely cool. what I think it's going to be for sure. Hmm. I can we'll see, see that. All right, but that's it. Question of the day, folks. Let us know who what you think are going to be the uh, the new paired armies and the new box set for the uh, for the new Age of Sigmar 3.0. But here we are. We got the closing thoughts, and we got Chuck that's going to give us his wisdom, his pernition, and all of his sacred words. Here it is, man. My my bad. I thought I was going to get a little intro into that or some music playing. I gave you, it's I so gave you a great intro, man. That what are you talking about? So epic. <laughs> all right, so you know I want to start on a on this tangent of um i think worldwide because warhammer is a worldwide game i mean there's no denying that we have uh games workshop in china japan new zealand australia great britain obviously uh stateside central america south america um even parts of you know the great continent of africa uh we really need to be looking at uh how we're going to be playing out the rest of 2021 and as Warhammer players, we have a responsibility to either, one, stay engaged with our community, either by, you know, playing online, building uh, and supporting um, local retailers on an online basis or Internet retailers on an online basis. But really, I want to uh, present players with um, the challenge of trying to find local venues to support. And I know with COVID, there's a lot of worry that goes into that. There's a lot of forethought about, you know, is it safe? Is it is it okay to go out and play? And and really what we need to look at is, you know, do we want our community to continue? Because I feel like players, especially at the local brick and mortar stores or even at the, the tournament level, we're really going to be faced with a challenge this year of if we don't support the the venues and the the brick and mortar shops out there this year are they really going to be allowed to be maintained and opened if mm. we don't have some type of attendance and presence outside of our own home will we even have those events continuing into 2022 and and i say this because not every event has a, a large presence some events are are just small and and supported by just the the bare minimum attendance that they have. And so are some conventions going to close ultimately this year? Are we really going to see um the end of the gaming convention on a large scale? I mean Adepticon is not happening this year. Gen Con is going to be limited probably in in who they can allow to come in. And I know that's not all Age of Sigmar. I know that there's not a a huge 
500 person 40k event at that event but it just goes to show the challenges that mm-hmm. the the present day presents to the average player and so if you can attend some type of small scale event if you can attend it and be safe i encourage you to do so uh, wear a mask distance yourself between other players wash your hands at events uh, but the whole goal should be to have fun and try and live the limited gaming life that we have to the best of your ability. I mean, that's that's really what we're trying to do here. We're trying to present um, the, the game to its best extent outside of our own living room, outside of our own basement, outside of our garage. We're trying to support um, events that support homeless shelters, that uh, provide funding to veterans of foreign wars like in your instance with armed forces day gt pat and in my instance with FlatCon, we're trying to get 50 or 60 people out so we can support cancer research i mean there's so much more to what we have going forward than it is to just look back and look at what was you know if you can go get a covid shot if you can take those precautions and uh, and attend an event and try and support something that's bigger than yourself most people are are safe uh and there's a very high recovery rate and there's a lot of there's there's positive side um to that which isn't really communicated all that much i mean it's the last 15 to 18 months with with all the problems that society has gone through i feel that, that there has been great strides presented um to such a high extent that we really need to put that forward that we really need to get back to some type of normalcy that we had before and and maybe that's a stretch and maybe i shouldn't say that but um i feel like it needs to be written in the sand so that we can all see it so that we can all experience it and we can get to some type of level that we were before Absolutely, man, and that's why that's why Chuck keeps us all professional and grounded, man. Because without him, it would all just be dirty jokes and misinformation about army. <laughs> and, and 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 we, but you know, honestly, you know, Chuck, you, you hit some great points, man, and you're absolutely right. I yeah. mean, now more than ever, this community needs to understand what we're all here for. And, and I, bravo, man, good stuff. Well, that's a wrap. That is a awesome way to end the show. And to all of our Grimdark goons, and I'd like to thank our guest, Dustin Gracias, man. Thank you for being here to talk about Thanks Daughters Thanks for being here, buddy. Thank you thank very you. much. Thanks for having me. And uh, we'd like to thank all of our listeners for another great show. We look forward to having you back next time. We discuss all things related to dice dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer world. So please don't forget to join us next Tuesday at 730-ish, thereabouts. You know, we're always, you know, whenever early or late, we're, we arrive precisely when we mean to. Didn't like somebody like Gandalf say that or something like that? Any rate. Also, uh, please don't forget to hit the like or subscribe button and follow our podcast. So until we meet again, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a freaking short pants. Also... Uh, don't forget uh, to uh, to to stay tuned for more information on Armed Forces Day Four. So good stuff, man. Say goodbye, guys. Night, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Good night. Grim Dark Live would like to thank you for slumming through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on on our live show, or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast.
Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim, all you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com, and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Hey, who are you calling a short pants?